0: What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. Excellent episode. Tonight pretty much focused on like uh, some of the great benefits of having a side hustle, how that affects taxes, how money is really affecting the beginning of the year when you owe taxes. Right now we're going through a little bit of a dip, a little bit of a dip and everyone's saving their money for their taxes and they don't know what to do with it. We got inside the Discord, we read some wins over there, some wins over in the Discord community. Yeah, we just talked stocks and like I said, I changed up my roth ira a little bit this year is getting ready to max out his and it's gonna be it's a good episode guys definitely a good episode if this is your first time though my name is brad finn i'm joined every single week jj buckner jj what's up bud
1: i'm ready to succumb to new york my dude thanks a little uh a little over a week and i'll be in good old new york city <laughs> um i, guess I, guess I can I'm. see the statue of liberty already <laughs> it's very small though <laughs> Very small, of course. It's
0: very small, of course.
1: oh can you get this one? Oh, oh I don't remember how he says everything, but oh, crap. It's New York City. <laughs> You'll never get it. I know what? I know who would get this if I said it, and that would be my brother because we watched it growing up. Oh, dang it. There's something else that he says after, but I can't remember. James and the Giant Peach. Did you watch that?
0: No. Oh,
1: damn. Yeah, you would never have got it.
0: I'm 10 years older than you, bro.
1: Uh, that's true. But no, great episode. Um. Yeah, we talk. We talk a little bit. We about We definitely
0: everything. didn't get on any tangents. Or <laughs> no, going, no, no, not at all.
1: Not at all. But uh, I will. I do want to say this before we get into the episode, guys. Uh, you may have already heard the ad or whatever, but the Discord is is really starting to take off. It's really starting to grow. I'm loving the conversations and feedback we're seeing over there from people asking questions about retirement to dividend stocks to trading options to paying off debt, sharing your wins, and. You know, who knows what the hell gets brought up sometimes over in the Discord. So if you guys want to jump, come join the community, you guys can click a link down below in the description or the show notes, however you guys are listening right now, and, and get in there and join that and share your wins. And as you heard, we shared Brett's win on the uh, podcast today, so you could uh, end up in an episode. Also, I do want to say this. If you guys don't want to join the Discord, don't want to do any of that, I get that. I, t- I totally get it. But if there's one way that you guys could... If you guys find value or you enjoy these episodes that Brad and I put out, there's one way that you can help us, the Average Money Podcast, and that is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast, on now also on, uh, on Spotify, and yes. Amazon, Brad. Yep, and Amazon. So if you guys just take like two minutes, and if you enjoy the show, just either just leave a... You know, go click the stars. And if you want to type something out that does help a little bit more, um, but you don't have to, but we do really appreciate... Every single one of you who has left us a review and who does in the future. But uh, Brad, with that, let's get into uh, today's episode.
0: Yeah, man. I'll find a natural spot in the podcast where we actually started to make sense. (laughs) Might take me a little while and uh, we will start that right now. What's up, man? All right. I think we're all set. You set? I'm set. How you feeling, bro? We missed last week. I feel bad. Like (laughs) That episode that we just posted on Monday... (laughs) It wasn't from a long time ago, but we were both angry.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got a little spite in us. It's all right. It happens every now and then. Sometimes you got to let loose. Got to talk about your feelings. It was nice
0: to uh, go back. They like said, that was from like the 20th of October. It was like talking about fall is coming. Like God telling you to come for Halloween. Yeah. Now you're coming next week. About to hit our 100th episode with like less than 1% of podcasts actually do that.
1: And you're about to hit... 100k subscribers i'm Go about subscribe. to hit
0: 100,000 subscribers oh
1: dude i keep i literally so for you guys the listeners that don't know or didn't catch a lot two episodes ago we're doing a little shindig for brad aka also slash average money meetup i guess yeah at dubco in new york and uh literally probably i checked brad's channel more than i check mine on a daily basis <laughs> Just I did that because for you too, though. I did that for you. <laughs> I'd call you up I'm and be so like, excited.
0: I'd be like, Jay, you watch it, I'd be like, nah, man, it's, it's doing good. I'm not I'm not really worried about subscriber count. Hits 100 k and you're on like TikTok. Your wife got you freaking balloons and shit. Like you've been talking about it for months. And then to me, every time I call, you like, but I check it. You know, so it's check it.
1: <laughs> That's the truth though, man. But I was like, I
0: was watching yours like a hawk, and now you're watching mine like a I hawk. Am.
1: Every morning I check it, check it throughout the day. I'm like, oh, and I'll text you. I'm like, oh Brad, you're at ninety f- 984. You're at 98.5.
0: I was saying, Tara, why the hell does this kid keep getting subs? I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hit 100,000 like this week.
1: <laughs> now I'm in your shoes. Now you're getting subscribers and my channel is declining.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I looked on, um, uh, what was that old website where you could go social blade or whatever? And it, oh, says, yeah. that, it says that I'm going to catch you in January of 2028.
1: I would think it's way before that. The rate like it's, I'm going—that's
0: that's what's got you at. Oh, but uh, yeah, no. So we uh, we missed a week, and then you we weren't feeling well. And then I think we we got on the phone one night last week. We're like, "Damn it, there's so much to catch up on financially." But here we are.
1: Yep, here we are. Yeah, there is, man. I mean, and not even just on like investments and stuff. Like I got a lot of personal shit going on right now. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks. You know, like for instance. Um, all the money I'm making right now, I don't get to spend a dollar of it because technically it's not mine. Um, Texas. Oh, dude, it's so—it's just the worst feeling that like I see this money market account, you know, it's going up in value, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, I got some money in here, and you know, because usually, like, I stay, I say pretty, I say pretty cash poor lately, like especially towards like the end of the year, like I didn't have like so much cash on me. I was putting a lot in the markets, you know. I bought the second rental property, so I didn't have a lot of cash. Now I'm trying to build that cash position back up because of the taxes. Uh, our AC kind of went out towards the end of the season last year, so I know that's going to have to be replaced. We're going to go ahead and do our furnace because that thing's twenty plus years old. So <laughs> that's you know six to eight grand right there. Uh, we're waiting to max out our Roths. Our my SEP, which is another twelve k. Um so we got a lot of big stuff coming up over the next 3 to 4 months. Um which sucks because dude I'm really wanting to ramp up that M1 finance portfolio.
0: Well a couple weeks back when you said you wanted to get to $100,000 nah, this year and I asked you
1: how much was in there and you're like 5 grand. I <laughs> was
0: like, Woo. "No, but
1: there's 5800 now, boy. <laughs> there's uh,
0: <laughs> there's two things I want to say." Okay. When we talk about the stress of taxes, it's not that you don't have the money, it's just that you always know you're going to ha- have to pay taxes, but when mm-hmm. the tax man finally gives you the number, you're like, damn, like, I invest a lot of the money that I'm going to be pouring towards taxes. So, like you're mentioning, like, the brokerage account's going to take a hit because I was really only using my brokerage account as a sinking fund for my taxes. And it's just like, it sucks because yeah. you, cause then you're, like, doing what you're doing. You're saying, I can use this income and try and save to pay the tax bill, or I'm going to have to do what I originally want. I just want people to know that, like, you're not, your back isn't against the wall. You have, you have the money. It just sucks. You have to spend it.
1: Yeah, it does. And I, well, and like, for instance, I could do what you're doing. You know, I could go pull it out of my brokerage and pay the bill and be done with it. But I really don't want to sell off my stocks. Right. And I also am down in a few positions, which is another reason why I've said on this podcast before, why I don't like keeping my emergency fund invested in the market, you know,
0: Especially in the last week or so, it's yeah. Defi- little, I mean, not a crazy, not even I wouldn't even call it a pullback, but like definitely a little bit of resistance in the market this past week.
1: Well, and also though, man, if you're in, you know, if you're in some of the the growth more, you know, crazy growth plays back in early 2021, those suckers are getting hammered right now. And if you had some money that you were really wanting and in the invested in those companies, like you're hurting right now. So yeah. that's why I, I like to tell myself every single dollar i put in my taxable brokerage i'm not touching hopefully i will not need for the next you know 5 plus years unless you know some big real estate deal comes up then i'll i'll freaking empty that thing
0: yeah now it's uh and it there's also like you mentioned too the cash for other things like i'm a little bit cash heavy even for me but the same thing like i have a my money to pay taxes most in cash now cuz i've been liquidating it over time as we approach tax season but then too like i don't know what my taxes are going to be so i probably have a little bit of buffer and now we get this little resistance in the market i'm like oh my I god i want to pull out i want to but i but i don't know if i should it's the, I've heard the, that end before. The, the end of the the end of the year or the or the beginning of the year it's tough with the money yeah <laughs> i mean but it's also good because you can get to do other things like clean slate and things like that or right. look ahead to goals that you might have this year as far as like getting out of debt or cleaning something up or graduating and starting a new job. Like there is that whole cliche. It's a new year, but like, I mean, we're in the 12th right now. I think we're just about that time when uh, everybody forgets about all their new year's resolutions. I think those people driving in the car right now on Monday. I w- we'll probably be like the 14th or something This comes out and, and then they'll be sitting there going, Ugh. Yeah, I'm not going to the gym anymore. Sober January, my ass. You
1: know, like. <laughs> oh, and they're on the way home. Oh, that Taco Bell sounds really
0: good. Those vegans are so dumb. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> these are all things that we've heard.
1: Yep, I'm guilty of it.
0: But yeah, no. So I, I, I'm looking forward. Like my Roth is clear. Dude, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting for your Roth? I'm just curious because you're still trying to figure out with the back door and all that other jazz.
1: Yeah, so I still haven't even maxed out our Roths, Lindsay and I's for 2021 yet. Um oh, Okay. Just because I knew this was going to be one of those weird years, I knew we were going to be over the income limit and then with my SEP, I still need to sit down with my CPA and really discuss the best option moving forward because I so I set up a meeting with them whenever I get all my tax stuff. I go in there, I turn in, you know, everything I have from multiple businesses and all that and kind of sit down and talk strategy. And one of the big things is going to be my Roth, how I'm going to take that. Right now, I expect me just to fund my my traditional IRA and not okay. even do a backdoor because I, I think with my SEP and how everything plays out yeah. – um, And again, listeners, like this is me like fresh territory, so take this with a grain of salt. I may be completely wrong. (laughs) We're learning together. (laughs) That's right. Um, Well, it'll be something to talk about once I talk with the CPA. But uh, so I think I may be better off just putting the money into the traditional IRA. But I it just just all depends on how I'm going to get taxed because my CPA was telling me like there's only a certain limit you can put into these IRAs and SEP IRAs and all that before your the IRS is like okay yeah you got to get taxed on some of that. Yeah, So that's what I got to figure more out about. And then right. 2022, just by judging how things are going right now, I may not even hit uh, the income limits for this year. Again, okay. I know it's the first month. A but lot just of remember, like, change. if
0: you put it in and go over later, you can withdraw that money penalty free, Jay.
1: I know. I know okay. that. But then you also got to figure out the earnings you made on that money, and it's just a the pain in the ass. They,
0: the brokerage does that for you. Yeah, no.
1: I just would rather just honestly. I am just I'm
0: just making sure that you knew that that was an got option. Got it.
1: Yeah. 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 I know. I don't know what we're going to do yet. We're cuz cuz on top of that, I want to fund the SEP and get that out of the way. And so that's, you know, a little under 12 grand.
0: And the SEP is retirement for people that are self-employed.
1: Correct. Yep. Right. I'm investing that as my as the employer, not the employee. So And you can only max out 25% of your income that you pay yourself. I pay myself a salary. Um, I pay myself, the company, Buckner Media, pays me $45,000 a year. That's my salary. Um, So that's what I can, I can take 25% of that and fund that into my SEP. Right. So
0: no, it's great to use the SEP. Like, but I'm saying like somebody like me that right, I have four three right. Bs, four four fifty four sevens, and all that, the SEP just wasn't for me. Are you all index funds in your Roth?
1: Yes. Yeah. And traditional.
0: Oh, both of them.
1: Yep. And it's VT. It's VTSAX in both.
0: I switched it up a little. Ooh. Spiky.
1: Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Like VOO?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I had um, $36,000 in VTSAX, Mm -hmm. and this year, I funded with VTI.
1: Same thing, ain't it?
0: So, to the untrained eye, yes.
1: But I mean, prices and stuff are a little different. I get that. Pros and cons,
0: right you can't do fractional shares into VTI. Mm -hmm. So essentially what I had to do with the 6,000 is I bought as much VTI as I could, which was 25 shares. Then the other $100 or whatever was left, then I just put that into VTSAX. okay. So essentially at this rate, I can get myself 25 shares of VTSAX a year. I mean, uh, VTI
1: a year. So what was the reasoning for that? Why not just put it all in VTSAX?
0: Because I want – oh, this sound, it sounds so dirty. I feel like I need soap for to oh. wash my mouth out after I say this.
1: You want to trade options with the VTI? Yes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I knew it.
0: I want to sell covered calls <laughs> oh my God. inside my Roth IRA in four years. Yeah. And you can't trade options with mutual funds.
1: Mm, that's true.
0: So like you said, aren't they the same thing? Yes. Yeah. So if I decide in two, three years that I'm over options, because I mm. won't have 100 shares yet, because you have to have 100 shares, and I can only fund 6,000 a year, so unless I would, like, sold VTSX, but I'm not going to do that. So I have three to four years to figure it out, and then if I decide not to, I have the exact same investment, essentially.
1: Okay. I like that.
0: I just want to give myself more options, if that makes sense.
1: No pun intended. I mean. I talked about it in a video, but it was,
0: I don't think, I I don't think I like, I'm going to want to do that, but I'd hate to be then and be like, well, why didn't you just give yourself the option so I could choose now, you asshole, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm kind of, so my SEP is kind of a, so I have, I think f- 25 or 50% in BTI. And then I have, <laughs> I have Google in there. Um, that may be the next largest position in my SEP. And then I have stag as like my monthly dividend payer. Right. Um, and then I did just add, I have Johnson and Johnson there, which I'm going to sell that and just throw that in the VTI. Um, what else? Oh, I have SoFi in there. Here's my thought with SoFi. So right now I'm down a lot on my SoFi position in my SEP. Who
0: isn't? Who's well, up in their SoFi position?
1: So my SoFi position... No in my, one, No, nobody. hang on. No, my SoFi <laughs> position in my Robinhood account, um, I'm break even on. But...
0: How are you break even? It's been the whole time.
1: I just started buying it in Robinhood. Okay. So Sep, I bought it a few months ago. I bought it at like 20 bucks and 19 bucks.
0: I'm not making fun. I'm also down. No, so no. I'm, no, saying, I mean, I'm not, thinking, I'm not yeah, making fun. No.
1: So I've been selling covered calls on SoFi and my SEP, n- telling myself if I get assigned, I'm okay with that, and I'll just throw that money in VTI, um, or I'll turn around and do a cash secure put on SoFi. I don't know yet, but so like I, I I'm kind of doing that as well. But here's the thing, listeners. Overall, though, like if you would look at Brad and I's retirement overall retirement accounts, like this is still a very small portion that I'm. Doing the wheel strategy on with. Like, I yeah. wouldn't recommend doing a lot of this in a retirement account, but I do think it's okay if you do it with a little bit of some of that money because you gotta think, like, there's a tax benefit going on with that. Yeah. All that income that we're generating from those, you know, covered calls, cash cured puts, you know, the more techie growth type stocks, you know, doing whatever, it, it, as that goes up. You know, all that capital gains isn't going to get taxed till later. To where, like, these options we're trading, doing the wheel strategy in our taxable brokerage account. Now I got to pay taxes on all lot of income for 2021 now, right. which, again...
0: We just have to weigh the risk reward of, like, paying taxes versus compromising our retirement accounts.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean... Like and, and and I never really let taxes steer me away from investments. Um, I know a lot of people I hear all the time like, "Oh, I would never buy REITs in a in a taxable brokerage account. You're an idiot." You know, like I don't really care, man. Like, you know, I, if I got to pay the taxes, I'm gonna pay the taxes. You know, but if I'm making if I'm making money, uh, that means I got to pay a tax. So be it. You know, it it sucks come tax time, but. That doesn't mean I want to steer away from buying one of actually a a top performer of mine in my Fidelity account, Stag. You know, that's a monthly dividend payer. It's a REIT. So I get taxed a little higher on those dividends. But it's one of my best performers in the the portfolio. Or uh, it's like my fourth at best, I think. I don't know. Yeah. So like people get so worried about taxes. And then like people get, people start worrying about real estate. You know, people won't buy real estate because of the taxes they're going to pay on it. And I'm like, what? You know, if you're paying more taxes, you're making more money. I will never. There's there's difference between being like tax efficient and Agreed. accepting
0: what you have to pay, and being reckless with your taxes, like not paying a CPA or something. Oh yeah, and having to pay taxes that you shouldn't have had to pay. That's dumb. But if you take advantage of every tax code you can, and you get through every return that you can, and then at the end of the day, it's like, here's what you owe.
1: Sweet. I agree with that.
0: There's like such a big difference between like, Oh, taxes suck. Like taxes suck. If you don't get them done right. And if you don't get them right and you have to pay more, like if you have, what, what, what's your general rule of thumb when you need a CPA? I say, I was if you just have, about
1: to ask you that,
0: <laughs> I think, I think I've said it on this podcast before and I still believe it. Whenever that episode was, I think if you have more than one source of income, you should have a CPA.
1: I yeah, so I I I kind of agree, but I think there's needs to be a little bit more uh discussion on like what that extra source of income is. Cause like if that extra source of income is, you know, an extra two grand a year, like eh, you could probably you could probably file that with turbo tax, you know what I mean? Like it's not like it's nothing crazy. Um but if you yeah, have
0: but what if it's what made you two grand a year?
1: Some side hustle.
0: Okay, but what if you could claim two hundred? What if you can claim two thousand dollars worth of losses and call yourself a sole prop for that money that you brought in? Now you just saved yourself two grand in taxes. You're correct. Or two grand, two two grand on whatever you'll be taxed on is what I really meant.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, how, you know, there, so you're saying if there's like a two thousand dollar loss,
0: if it's like sixty cents in dividends, okay.
1: Yeah. No, that's yeah.
0: All right, so could we could we meet in the middle and be like, if you generate more than $5,000 somewhere else, you should have one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I, I only said that because now I'm thinking about your point and that's a pretty good point, like having extra write-offs or whatever with the side hustle. See, guys, this is the, this is the crazy thing that a lot of people don't realize is like the benefit of having a side hustle. So like, for instance, today... Um, YouTube is my full-time business, but before it was a side hustle. So let's pretend JJ's still on side hustle YouTube mode, right? I'm, I'm still working my nine to five. So I'm, er, I'm earning an income through YouTube as a side hustle, right? Or whatever side hustle you have going on. So for lunch today, I text Lindsay. I was like, sushi, there's an all you can eat sushi place up the road from us. And I was like, Hey, you want some sushi? She's like, Oh yeah, sounds awesome. Mason's in school today. So no, we just had Millie and she's like yeah let's go so I went we went we ate had a great lunch it was more expensive lunch because it's you know all you can eat sushi or whatever but uh who you think paid for that Buckner, Buckner Media, Media. <laughs> you know what I mean because it was lunch during work time and um we actually did talk about some YouTube stuff while I was there and Lindsay does the you know budget it and some of my uh payroll stuff I just don't pay her <laughs> um so yeah I mean like it's an easy easy write-off and like that's the thing with side hustles that a lot of people don't realize is the power of minimizing taxes through just having a side hustle. Right. If you're all like, for instance, you know, like money you're already going to spend could go as a write off for a side hustle. Now you got to be careful, but yeah,
0: it's not like you don't spend money just cause you can. Correct. But like, I'll give a great example. I have camera gear and I do a lot of ocean stuff and I wanted a GoPro and I just wanted one for myself, but I could also use that for my business. So now that GoPro camera becomes a tax write-off. I'm using it, use it for my business and then sometimes lend it to myself personally, you know, but like JJ saying, there's things in your life like this section of my basement. I rent out the square footage of this to the business so that's a rent expense to the business. Things like internet when you're on the YouTube. A portion of my internet goes to that. My cell phone, because I send emails and take calls, is now a tax write-off because I use it for my business. And these are all things that are will use YouTube income and AdSense as as a second form of income. If I make $10,000 from YouTube and I find $5,000 that I can Buy that are applicable, applicable to the <laughs> business.
1: There, Sound like me now.
0: To the business, I get it done. Like this is the difference between getting the MacBook Pro 16-inch, which I knew I was gonna buy, and getting it slightly upgraded with a bigger memory and stuff like that. Well, I need that bigger memory for editing videos and things like that. So now the whole computer becomes a business expense. Where if I was just like really liked tech and wanted the new MacBook, I got to just pay for that. Mm-hmm. And and so many people even have that side business and don't realize they can do that. True. And then we've had some very favorable laws come in. Like meals and entertainment used to only be 50%. You could only write off 50% of the check. But now I, I, take, I go on a business meeting dinner every single month. Oh. Every single month. What?
1: I probably overdo it. You, know, you like to eat. I do like to eat.
0: No, but think about this too. Like, um, I had, you know, I did some interviews with people, and I was like, What do you, you want to go to a Met game? Take them to a Met game.
1: Yeah. Business write off.
0: I get to go to a Met game, which I wanted to go to. Yep. I brought them to a Met game, and I bought them dinner and a beer while we were there. Mm-hmm. Something that I would do on my own personal life, but now I'm like, Oh, it's it. If you have a side business, this is why you need a CPA. I think mean, that's when, when do you need a CPA? I never I didn't learn all this, but my CPA is like, do you go out to dinner a lot? I'm like, yeah, once a month. Yeah. Do you talk about the YouTube channel? Yeah, she yells at me the whole time because she hates my quote stupid hobby and my quote stupid YouTube. It's like, oh, that sounds like a business meeting to me. Great. Yep. We'll write that off. <laughs> and I and I was like, wait, I can go to I can go to dinner with my wife once a month and get yelled at about my stupid side hustle? And that side hustle is going to pay for it and it's going to lower my taxes? He's like, yep. I was like, I love you. I'm never
1: leaving. Yep, exactly. Well, let's talk about that for a second, though, dude. Let's talk about like the power of increasing your income. Because you and I have both increased our income substantially over the past three years. Um, And I will say, I think both of you and I were on the side of the fence that was like, cut expenses cut expenses cut expenses get your spending habits down as low as you can and that's the quickest way you know to pay off debt to live a better life to do all this which i still kind of agree with you know i'm still i'm like i'm still kind of there but now that i've kind of like opened my eyes and seen this other side of like what increasing your income can really do for you i'm definitely like okay Maybe I'm not so much like pay off the debt first and then, you know, increase the income. Maybe I'm like, let's do them together. You know, like like and I've always said this in the podcast, increase income, but also be investing in that 401k or your Roth or whatever. But what are your kind of thoughts on and the power of side hustles and, and, and just generating more income, either through raises on your nine to five and what that can do for not only just you and the family on an everyday basis, but. What can that do for you to get closer to financial freedom, which I feel like a lot of our listeners are is kind of like the end goal.
0: I mean, that's the answer to the question I get all the time. Why the hell would you live in New York with all that property taxes? Because my income is so high. And because you can only cut your bill. I can only cu- cut housing costs and costs of living. I can only cut that so much in another state. The way down, the way down on spending has a finite number like a cash secure put it can only go to zero you know and I just I thought for so long that the goal to financial freedom was by trying to cut that down to zero by listening to people on the internet that were like I eat for 1.2 cents per meal and I'm like <laughs> I gotta beat that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like what is what is he even? What oh. is he even eating?
1: And your favorite no spend days?
0: Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> because and in the no spend days example that I give, if you make five dollars a day, and you don't spend any of it, you made five bucks. But if you make a thousand dollars and you spend five hundred of it, you made five hundred bucks. So who's doing better financially? The person that no-spended five bucks or the guy that spent 50, uh, 500 bucks but reasonably? Martin Housel says in The Psychology of Money, it's all about behavior. It's not about how smart you are.
1: That's so true, man. And I, it's,
0: I always just saw the side hustles and busting my ass and fighting my wife about it as the ticket up. not I'm frugal. But I'll tell you like what... And I I've said that I, I can struggle from lifestyle creep. I went from cheap to frugal when I was doing Dave Ramsey and trying to get out of debt that way and trying no spend day. I was cheap. I wasn't frugal because I feel like what, like the difference to me is when you're cheap, it affects other people like mm, cheaping out good. on tipping and things like that. That's good. Where like your kids aren't eating well. Cause you're trying to save and you're giving them cheap food or You know, your wife is not happy. Like that's cheap. Frugal is really mindless. I mean, really mindful spending. And that's what increased income really gave me the ability to do was go back to frugal. So like I don't buy things a lot, but when I do or when it's time, like two years ago, my wife would have had to complain to me for three years for me to switch the pool liner that I know is leaking. But now it's like, Brad, the pool liner's been leaking. It's 25 years old. You put it in with your dad 25 years ago. It's 214 bucks, sweetheart. Can we just get the pool liner? And I'm like, of course. Like, why are you asking me that? She goes, because that would have been the biggest argument three years ago because I was being cheap, not frugal. And I got myself a really nice pool liner with Let my daughter pick out the design. It was really cute. But all those things are possible because of income. And also, too, your 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 like risk tolerance, or your ability to sustain financial risk, is greater. Like, let me give you an example. If I make five times the income, and we have an equally sized financial bill, it's so much easier for me. Like my like three thousand dollars debt to somebody, and my income is like I, I'm like. I could just here just take three grand. Yeah, you know. But to some people, that's that's a that's a hard amount to over you know to overcome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so I I always just thought like raise the income. It allows you not to have to worry about like little things, you know, because you work so hard on the big picture, and then little things don't affect it as much. Not and like I mean, that. we li- we live in completely. Different, so we can ask this question, because you live on the opposite spectrum as me, mm-hmm. right? We talk about this all the time. Like, you don't have a mortgage. Your bills are so low. Your bills are so low. My bills are like almost 10xers, maybe like, not 10x, maybe like eight times bigger.
1: Hmm. I mean it depends on what we're talking here. Like we talking beans and rice bills, or we talking like, no, like lifestyle right now, bills. Like right now. I mean, I I could get away with like three grand a month.
0: Right. I'm But that's
1: living the lifestyle I'm living right now.
0: I'm close yeah. to eleven or twelve. So four times as much. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in a situation if we were making the same income, your life is so much better <laughs> financially. Financially. Yeah. Right? Because every single dollar you make...
1: Well, it depends, though, dude. I mean, look where you live and look where I live, though. You know? You live by the beach. You live by New York City. You got tons of restaurants, different cultures, different foods, cool bars, cool beers, big roads. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? We fucking drive side-by-sides around. (laughs) (laughs) and Go fishing, you know, like... Not, but, I, but I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. I know. Yeah.
0: I'm just saying like, would you rather have a higher income at a higher cost of living area or a lo- Ooh, saying man. that you could say you could live comfortably in both spots? You're not, you don't feel financially stressed. Like the ratios go up together. Would you rather live in a high cost of living area with a high salary or would you rather live in a low cost of living with an equally comfortable low salary?
1: I would rather live so this is dude this is hitting at home right now. Lindsay and I have really been talking about what our future looks like. You know, like we got this paid off mortgage here. We got family here, you know. They help watch the kids when Lindsay and I want to go out for a night. It's nice. We got a nice little setup here. Don't don't get me wrong. But we also talk about the things we're missing out on like when I come up to New York, I'm like, my gosh, I could not imagine, you know, having all of this around me. I could not imagine having a Friday night and being like, hey, let's just go over here. Let's just do this. And it's like, you know, 15 minutes or less drive to where anything near me, unless you're going to the local bar is a 20 plus minute drive. So to answer your question, man, oh, dude, I would probably say, if it wasn't for like family and stuff where they're located, I would much rather live in a high cost living area that made up that the income made up for it. Definitely. Because now again, this is me looking at like grass is greener on the other side. Um, But I think honestly, the only thing that are keep, is keeping us where we're at here is, is family. Like if we had no family around us, we would not be here.
0: I say the same thing, but you say the grass is always greener. Like with all due respect, I love coming there, but I I couldn't live there. Yeah. For an equally low salary.
1: Well, right. That's what I mean though. is because we got family here. If you had fan, if your family was here.
0: Yeah. But also too, I will say that where you live is not equally as comforting. Like you make for your area a very, very nice income. Yeah. I would say that, In your town, you're one of the top five highest paid people in the town.
1: I don't know about that, but... Top 10. We got some rich farmers. Top 20. (laughs) Okay, maybe. I don't know, dude. I have no idea. I have no idea. So imagine being the guy
0: in your little town of of five square miles or whatever, and you're the (laughs) 20th highest paid person in that town. Yeah. You're doing good because what that does, it allows you to travel and do the things you want to do and go to Y for six weeks and go to Cancun with your wife. You kind of spend that cost of living going to other places that
1: mm-hmm. have a high cost of living. Mm-hmm.
0: But like, I, I could see how it would be a really, really tough grind in a rat race if you were making like a comparable ratio from high cost of living down to low cost of living.
1: Yeah. I just feel like it's... Oh, then again, man. I've been a
0: city slicker my whole life, you know? So I don't know.
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, dude. I I feel like I'm a big believer in paying for experiences. You know, like, and I know my... I don't know how they'll take it, but, like, whenever, whenever I'm a grandparent, and even my kids, and like, my kids get it now. Like, we... Lindsay and I choose to spend more money on experiences than we do, you know, gifts. Yeah and I'm trying I'm trying to teach that to my grandparents and Lindsay's trying or my parents and Lindsay's trying to like kind of teach that to her parents cuz like we get all this shit for our kids th- from them from Christmas and you know birthdays and Halloween and just because they're seeing them hey we got you this and we're like guys we have a small house <laughs> you know we can't fit all this and I'm also like you know Lindsay and I are both no, pretty like not like super minimalism people, minimalistic or however you want to say that. But we definitely are on the side of like only keeping things that really like we use.
0: You're you're simple. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Like even your wife likes to like decorate and the place looks nice, but everything is sentimental. Yeah. Yeah. Like every piece of wall decor has a meaning.
1: Yeah, it does. It's
0: very thought out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Um, shit, I don't, I don't know. No, but you're saying like,
0: no, we're talking about how like the family and not living there and going through that rat race. And you said when you're a grandpa.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, So, and kind of what I'm getting at is what you said, traveling to different cities and that's kind of how I make up that time, you know, for, for the experiences and not living in a, you know, let's say a, a cooler place is we do choose to travel and just go see them. And it's yeah. nice, too, because, you know, when we're out, dude, like when we were in Mexico, we were like, hey, you know, we're kind of ready to get home. You know, we're kind of ready to get back to slow-paced living and, you know, talking to the neighbor with crack of beer open <laughs> when you're out in the driveway, you know what I mean? Like, so I do feel like if we did move to Colorado or, like, some mountain town or somewhere or a beach somewhere, you know, Hawaii or whatever – I do feel like I could make it for probably a year and then I guarantee I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to get back home. I'm ready to close a family.
0: That's what happened to me in Arizona, man. Yeah. You just Dorothy said it best. There's no place like home. Yep. And I mean, for me, I live in a bigger suburb town than you do, but I have deep, deep roots in my town. So it's like my, Grandmother was a history teacher at the high school. All of my mother, my aunts and uncles went to my high school. All of their friends that still live local went to the high school with them. My uncle died of cancer in 11th grade and like has parts of the school named after him. My mom was class president. I had five cousins go through there. I graduated there, like all these things. I've worked in 25 different businesses all over town. You know, just these relationships. That's the real reason I can't. I, like, dude, if my furnace blows, I could call four people. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Hey, it's Brad Finn, Mary O'Keefe's son. Yeah. Whenever you get here, bud, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, or like when I got my floors redone and the guy's like, I could do your floor a hundred times for the amount of beers your mother bought me over the course of our friendship. This one's on me. Yeah. You know, like that shit literally happened. That's crazy. You know, like I know my mechanic, I know, you know, with the brewery, I know wh- what breakfast spot to go in and our beers on tap, you know, mm-hmm. like these oh, things, see. these things that I just, I, that's the real reason I can't let Cause we, we argue, well not argue, but we have conflict in the fact that both my parents have passed away. So like I don't have that grandfather connection. I have my brothers who come over and love them, but my brothers are like, dude, wherever you go, we're following, man. Like, lead the way, sir, and we'll go there because we're so similar. But, you know, Tara was raised very strongly by with her grandparents in their lives a lot. And she doesn't want to take that away. And there's a part of me that's like, all right, cool. Like in five or six years, they're not going to love their grandparents that much. You know, let's go hang out at Grandma and Pop Pops today. You know, so that's just a couple years. But I think I use that as a scapegoat. I think if Tara was like, Brad, let's pull a trigger. Let's go. I'd be like, uh, oh, we're, what do you mean? Like, shouldn't we think about this? She'd be like, nope, we're doing it. And I'd be like, uh, no, no, we can't because – I mean, damn, I can't even call and make a doctor's appointment for myself. I can't go to a new pizzeria.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: I can't go to so, a new bar.
1: Let me ask I, you I'll this. Go in, I'll
0: go into the bar and be like, have you ever heard of Destination Unknown Beer Company? Who the hell are they? Uh, nobody important. Just, it was a joke. Ha,
1: uh, ha, uh, ha. I can't, can't do shit. You know? Oh, man. Well, let me ask you this thing, because this is something Lindsay and I talked about at lunch, actually, today, is... What are your thoughts on like buying a vacation home somewhere and Airbnb it? I,
0: on paper, it sounds great, but like every single I have twenty five uh, Bigger Pockets books back there, and every single book says do not buy a real estate investment that you think is going to be a vacation home.
1: Yeah, no, I every I,
0: everyone I've read, I agree with that. Sounds great on paper, but. <sighs> Like I, I don't here's, know.
1: Here's my kind of two cents to that. I guess is like if I would. So first, let me say this: Lindsay and I decided that we wouldn't want to do an Airbnb as a vacation home because we would feel like we have to go I out to there. go there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't want that because like we're same real, reason.
0: I don't want to be buried. Like I don't want people to feel that like they have to go to my gravesite.
1: Same. I don't want to yep. be buried either. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what was our thought. It's like, yeah, I mean, the Airbnb would be cool and all, and it would be another source of income, hopefully. But we were also saying, like, we don't want to feel like we have to go to Colorado every year to use the Airbnb to get our money's worth. Right. And if it's an Airbnb and it's making money, then maybe you won't feel as entitled. But still, it's like, I feel like that would be over my head. as like, well, I bought this thing, we need to just go. And, you know, like, but dude, like, we're, we are really big on, Going to different places, you know, like we've been to Hawaii twice. So like we probably won't go back to Hawaii for at least I bet like five plus years. Right. Just because we want to go see other places in the world. Like right now, what we're talking about is our big thing, um, which it may not happen. But dude, like one of my dreams, and this has been on my bucket list for forever is to RV trip around United States. And I know we've talked about this, this already, and like man like it'd just be so awesome to do like a 2 to 3 month trip. You know, start here, go up north to Canada, check out Banff, go down west coast, hit back down towards Colorado, Montana, everything. Go to Colorado, California, just that's like one of my biggest dreams just drive that RV Plan our next spot on the map. All right, this is where we're going. And and that's kind of like my financial freedom goal is like once I know we're officially FI, I may take a step back from YouTube and do that for, I don't know, three, four months maybe. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of like my goal inside is like that's something I need to check off before I die is yeah. that.
0: Before you meet your maker, so to speak.
1: Before I meet my maker. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, shout out to camping world. Shout out to camping world. I want yeah. to do the exact same thing, Marcus. Call me. I'll promote your business for free. <laughs> I
1: love you, Marcus. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> no, I want to do that too. And oh, man, I can't wait till the kids are older and we can start to show them things.
1: Can't wait. So yeah, yeah. I know. I, that's our that's our other thing too. Is like with I just early- wish
0: timeshares were in such a freaking.
1: Scary. Oh, I, I know. I can't
0: do because the pictures. thought of being able to like rent in a bunch of. Well, I guess that's what Airbnb is at this point. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was this website you could go on and just pick a city and stay there.
1: I think Airbnbs are huge. My only like two cents on Airbnbs. I think I've said this in other episodes. Is like make sure you can rent that puppy out as a long term rental in case the economy goes haywire because that's the first real estate that goes. During a recession or a crash or whatever, is vacation homes. So, like something like that sounds like would be perfect. If you could rent out that Brian, if Brian could rent out that condo in Wilmington for a long term tenant, you know, someone come living it for a year, then you know, then you're probably okay. Um, but I see some of these people who are spending five hundred thousand plus on on vacation rentals that are you know the six bedroom, seven bath properties. And I'm like, holy shit, if something happens to our economy, no one's vacationing in that home. No one. I mean, you may have your few people get booked every now and then, but they're not going to be cash flowing what they're doing now. You know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like that's a huge risk. Yeah. As long as you can air as long as you can change your Airbnb into a long-term rental, I think you're set. Because Airbnbs are killing it right now, dude. Some of these people I talk to, I'm like holy shit you were making that much money from an airbnb i just looked at a deal with my uncle well they're not really my we call them my uncle and they're like my mom dad's best friends <laughs> but uncle john yeah one of those guys uh so he's an uncle mike um Uncle Mike. Uncle mike yeah. everybody's got an uncle mike <laughs> but no he we were i was talking to them one night and we were running through the numbers and you know i have this spreadsheet for airbnbs and I said, oh, yeah, you know, let's throw in your internet, taxes, management, everything. We were going through the whole line. And they were cash flowing like 700 bucks on a $110,000 property. Yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, am I doing something wrong here?
0: Dude, my biggest fear, too, is these they're not really favorable in towns. Yeah. But, like, nobody had... If I didn't have kids, man, every one of these bedrooms. What's this genius shit I hear that people are... Signing long-term leases with the clause that they could do short-term rentals to friends and things like that, and instead of buying the property and airbnb it, they're leasing it and airbnb it.
1: I've heard of that, and I know in some leases that's illegal. You right, know, you like, have to
0: you have to get that clause in. Right, your lease. right, yeah. But like, I'll give you an example. My my brother-in-law, he's a sailor, so he goes out. For six to eight weeks at a time. Then he's home for six to eight weeks during a time. So he's like, hey, when I'm away at sea, I'm going to have like one of my buddies stay here and help me with the rent. Is that cool? He's like, yeah, no problem. So it's in there that he can lease it short term to people while he's away at sea.
1: Hmm. I'll be damned. Yeah. I don't
0: know if I make any money, but I mean, that seems genius.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just so much stuff right now, dude. That's like, I don't know, man. I just think about, so for instance, I have, uh, there's somebody behind me that's building duplexes. Uh, they're an, they're an older couple, um, from the area. They're pretty well known. They're, you know, they probably own, I would guess maybe 20 properties, which is a lot here. Um, in our small town. And I walked down there. I, I've i introduced myself to him before, but I've never had like a full fledged conversation with him. It was just kind of like passing by or whatever. And I saw them out there. It was, it's a husband and wife. They're probably, both probably like, you know, 60 plus. Um, so walked down there. I was like, hey, you know, JJ. They're like, oh, yeah, you're the one with the two little kids outside all the time. I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so we started talking. I was like, you know, I, I was basically what I was trying to do is like, introduce myself and like network is what I was doing. Right. And like, that's a, that's another big thing that like listeners, if you guys are still <laughs> with us and listening right now, <laughs> props to you guys, but that's something to always do in life. Always introduce yourself and don't be afraid to talk about yourself and like what you're doing. Cause you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who you may, you know, work together with on the next deal because, like, okay, I walked down there with this in mind. Like, I knew I was going down there to network. They probably thought I was just, like, a nice neighbor coming down, like, whatever. But I knew what I had in mind. So I introduced myself. I was asking about the property, how the build went. You know, they already have one of the units rented out. I asked them about, like, what they were charging rent. And then, asked you know, after talking to them for a while and asking about all their stuff they got going on and trying to get to know them a little more personal level, i kind of started you know introducing myself a little bit I was like oh yeah i got a couple properties you know i'm really trying to focus more locally and you know so i'm just like trying to build that connection so i got the lady's number and she's like if you ever have any issues or whatever she's like and i told her i was like if you ever need anything fixed you know and these because they live a little bit far south i was like i can come over and fix it It'd be kind of like your handyman on call or whatever um as long as it's nothing, you know, it's going to take me two days to do. I ain't doing that shit. I ain't got time for that. But, um, you know, you're, so. You're a
0: handyman now. Wow, things <laughs> you know, are tough you know, on YouTube. My,
1: oh, God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, man, like, you know, I told her, I was like, I, they're, they may start offloading properties. They are telling me they like they're getting to an age now where, like, they've seen the success. They're not really trying. I mean, they're building these two duplexes now, but they're trying to not really, like, acquire any more properties. So I was like, well, I'm, I heard the guy was like, yeah, we're not in that zone anymore. And I was like, well, I am, <laughs> you know, so I kind of told them, I was like, hey, if you guys know of anyone from being in the, you know, kind of that network, you know, of the the local area for so long, if you hear of deals, if you know about this, if you know what's going on or what about this property, and then also there are communication uh, that I can reach out to for a, if I'm ever developing something, if I want to develop my own duplex, I can reach out to them and say, hey, who'd you use for this? What contractors do you recommend for this? Dude, that's what I'm telling you, man. Don't be afraid to walk up to somebody that you know is way ahead than where you are in life. But that is what getting those balls and the cojones to walk up to him and be like, hey, you know, let me introduce myself. That's kind of what takes you to that next level. It really does. Like, not being afraid to, there's been so many like connections I've made through networking that have benefited, benefited me tremendously. Just because I took the time to go to that meeting or to go to that meetup or to talk to that one person. Like it's so easy to just be like, I ain't going to go to that. I'm going to stay on my couch and watch Netflix all night. But there really could be something that comes out of it. Now it's not going to happen every time. No, It's not going to happen at every networking event, but the 20th person you do that to, it may be life changing. You never know. So do it every single time you can.
0: John Scholar said it best. Everyone should know what you do. Absolutely. I think back to the early days of YouTube when I was like embarrassed I had a YouTube channel. I'm like, man, I wonder how much faster my YouTube channel would have grown if I wouldn't have been so shy about it. And I would have just told as many people as I tell now about it if I would have told them about it then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I agree. Like, I was like,
0: I got this little small channel. It's called Baby Steps, Brad.
1: You're still, it's still your name in my phone, by the way.
0: Trying try to trying to get out of debt here, Baby Steps, Brad. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, what? What else? We got uh, one more week to record, and then you're coming.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So next Wednesday. Yeah, I fly off Friday morning. Oh shit, bud.
0: Yo. Sofa. Can I tell you how deep I am? Oh no, deep in sofa right now.
1: Like, what do you mean deep?
0: Ten contracts deep.
1: Oh shit. <laughs> Like calls? You bought calls? Yeah. How far out? Uh, March. so well, Sixth, I mean... Dude, 68,
0: just, 68 days right now.
1: Yikes. Dude, it's just so up in the air with everything right now. So up yeah. in the air. That's why I'm buying shares. I ain't buying calls. It's just because it's so... It's so...
0: Yeah, I got eviscerated last week financially trading mm. options mm. eviscerated for me that means we're talking 1200 bucks but ah,
1: <laughs> uh, well speaking of that <sighs> I'm getting to the point where I'm almost about to take my loss on wish oh my gosh I just I meant
0: I meant to bring wish up before with like the trading the options in the Roth IRA Like, I think our um, Fidelity portfolio, like, humbled me a little. Like, we went into that, like, we'll just throw some money in, write some calls, and we'll just start printing money, and Mm. we're down, like, four grand in that portfolio.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, you got to think, though. Everything we bought in that portfolio is what's (laughs) down right now. Everything.
0: Boozy, Tattoo Chef, Peloton, Baba, Wish, wish, (laughs) SoFi.
1: Everything. We don't have SoFi in there. Oh, we don't? No, but I almost did a cash kick put on it today. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I mean, well, Wish, okay, so for you guys listening, Wish was one of those Wall Street bets plays for me. I made some money on AMC, I made some money on Blackberry, and I made some money on Nokia. I was like, "Oh, Wish." Here's like it was like that last like little before the fallout and like everything really kind of just kind of went under the rug and, and no one else really talked about it, I guess, anymore. I started picking up on Wish and i was seeing i was like hey you know they're throw like $1500 two grand in here or whatever well it's done horribly for me horribly for me and i'm at the point now where like i know their next earnings coming out is not going to be better than the previous earnings the company keeps losing you should have sold it
0: two weeks ago and took oh, the
1: capital gains loss well i know i know that and i almost did and i chickened out all right so now I'm at the point now I'm like, okay, well, do I just keep writing covered calls until I get assigned, like right at the money? Or maybe like 50 cents higher, like at 350 or whatever? Or just or do I just sit on it and bag hold and see what happens over the next couple of years? You know, like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm down.
0: I would say bag hold it and write calls, but write good calls. I mean, if you're going to bag hold it for a long time, you might, might as well bag hold it for a long time, making yeah. strategic calls. That's what I do Wells Fargo. It took me a year and a half to get back to even. Maybe I'd do that then. And then here's the shit of that. A, a year and a half of hating Wells Fargo, like my life depended on it. I finally get back to even, I freaking sell it all off, good riddance. Oh, the thing yeah. fucking jumps another fifteen, twenty
1: percent. Yeah, I'm sure that'll yeah, that's <laughs> always how it goes. But like I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but yeah.
0: Unless you need that fifteen on or no, what is it I, now? It's three hundred, what is it now?
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, it's definitely low.
0: All right. So I mean, like, so that's the other thing, you know?
1: Yeah. My, I'd be better off just holding it, and instead of you know selling it for the the little yeah. bit of money I have left in it. I mean, I guess my concern with it is like if it was Wells Fargo, it'd be a lot easier for me to sit on that and just write calls. So much easier.
0: There's not a lot of volume with Wish,
1: huh? Dude, Wish is just like I feel like I could go under, man. Like I feel like it's heading oh. to a penny stock. Oh, I mean, really? technically it already is, but like. I really, I could really could see this trading under a dollar in like the end of the year.
0: What is it? Oh
1: my gosh!
0: Thanks, Nate. Wow,
1: wow. So (laughs) yeah, I don't know, dude. Like,
0: that's how I feel about Voozy and Tattoo Chef, though.
1: Nah, dude, I feel I would feel way more better when in a comp. Which I don't know anything about Voozy, so I can't say anything about that. But like a company like Tattoo Chef, like. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. They got some, you know, things they got to they gotta work on. The first thing that scares me the most is the short interest in that damn stock. It's like thir- it's like 30 plus percent, which I'm like, where's our Wall Street Bets gang? Like, can't we get Tattooed Chef popping again because of all the shorts? They won't, literally, the- they won't defend the vegans. Bro, there's literally 30 plus. They don't give a shit. <laughs> if it's got a high short interest and it's going to kick the hedge fund's ass, they're all, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, man, why can't Tattooed Chef get a GameStop run? You know what I mean? That's- that would be dope. Oh, I mean, there's—it's literally the second most shorted stock, I think, in the market right now, next to Peloton. A <laughs> Peloton's <laughs> up there. I don't know what their short interest is, but I do know Tattooed Chef is like the second most shorted stock in the market right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. So I'm like, let's just power this retail gang back up and get Tattooed Chef popping.
0: <laughs> let's make a, make a video.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Calling Wall Street bets, we need you. Yeah, no doubt. Could dude.
0: somebody please look into Tattoo Chef?
1: Yeah, please. I'll be standing resist.
0: by. I have calls that expired in April. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got, I did all my did adjust my uh, swing trading philosophy like every single day this
1: week. Oh so. boy,
0: we'll see what next week brings. Yeah. Going a little more blue chip, a little bit more long term. Okay. The swings—it's just so hard to set stop losses because the swings are just so much.
1: But I couldn't do it, dude. I'm trying to sell off my stocks. I'm selling off. Um, so I have limit orders set in some of my stocks in Fidelity, my personal Fidelity portfolio. You know, I don't really
0: own stocks, well, dividend portfolio stocks, but.
1: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, once I sell these four or five, three or four off. All The only stocks I really own now is uh, dividend stocks.
0: Look at you growing up right before my eyes. What are you going to be, 38?
1: Oh, my God.
0: Look at you. We just crossed a milestone. Maturity <laughs> milestone.
1: Yes. But no, but, but then I look at it, though, dude. I'm like, well, shit, my dividend portfolio is performing the best. Next to VTI. And VTI is the shit. Yeah. I know. Well, that's what I'm trying to get rid of. I'm trying to consolidate, man. Like, yes. As soon as I break, I have my limit order set right at break even. for. So I own a penny stock that I bought. Oh, that was so stupid.
0: <laughs> Wait, I'm learning about all these deep, dark YOLO plays that you have.
1: Yeah, I have a penny stock that I bought back in early this year that just never has done anything. It's just been sitting at $0.60 cents for like seven months, I feel like. I own it at like eighty cents, and I'm just waiting for it to creep back up to eighty. And I have a limit order set right at my average cost to sell it. Um, I don't have much. And I don't remember how much I have in there, but uh, PayPal. So PayPal, I have set to sell. Um, I'm excuse me. I'm turning that back into VTI. Yes. Uh, so oh if I'm God, keeping. So
0: exciting.
1: Um, what else? Palantir, I'm keeping, but I'm writing calls on it. If I get assigned, I'm putting it into VTI until I see another big dip in Palantir.
0: That's right now, bro.
1: No, I know that. I just want the cash to buy it. That's why I'm just oh. writing calls right now.
0: Yeah, I have I have 10 contracts with, on uh, Palantir, too. Do you
1: really? Yeah, Plus I just... Plus Um, I have a leap on Palantir I want to get rid of. Leaps, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm just trying to consolidate, man. I, I'd like to have like maybe four or five stocks and fidelity and then have the recipe VTI. And then I really want M one to grow. I got that, you know, I got a hundred K goal by the end of the 2022, which I don't think I'm going to hit, but
0: bold, bold, bold statement, cotton. Let's see how that works out for him. I'm at
1: 5,800 right now. We'll see where I'm at in December 31st of twenty twenty two. I think,
0: I think I'm going to guess, are you really going to push for it?
1: Um, yeah, once I get all these big ticket items paid for, yeah, I'm going to. That's where the majority of the money's going to go.
0: I think you can get to seventy.
1: That's probably kind of what I was thinking. I, think I was thinking like seventy-five.
0: I think my goal is to get. I, I mean, I have a little bit more to start, but I—that's I, kind of—I want to add like sixty and get to hundred. Yeah, just a nice round number.
1: It's amazing. Well, and it's like hundred k, man. It's so cool to say like, you got a hundred k in one account. I mean, it's—it's it's pretty dope. Yeah. And that's Sorry. like, that, and that's what, and I don't think some people understand it either. I was like, that's liquid cash. <laughs> I could sell that off tomorrow and have that in my account in three days.
0: And for some places in the country, that's three years' salary.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I told, that's why I was so back to the RV thing. That's what I was telling Lindsay. I was like, babe, like, I said, if we could get our overall, like, taxable brokerage accounts between Fidelity, you know, mostly in BTI and, some Google and stag and Pepsi and you know my Apple and Microsoft plays those are the kind of the other stocks I have in there instead of VT uh, with VTI and then if I got m1 finance blown up to a hundred and then if I got you know Robinhood that I just kind of trade options on I'll probably never go over 10 grand in that account um, that unless I you know just income gets a lot higher but you know that's kind of like I told her, I was like, if we could get 300 dollars $400,000 spread throughout these accounts over the next few years, I said, babe, think about how long that would last us. You know, and hopefully we wouldn't need to pull the money from it. I could keep generating money elsewhere, but to know we have $400,000 in taxable brokerage accounts that I could pull out and have four hundred k in our account in a matter of three days You know, like that's pretty incredible to have that flexibility and that kind of goes back to like, okay, well, how long can, if I didn't make any money on that 400K, you know, how many months could I live for my three grand uh, a month that I would need to survive on? And again, three grand is beans and rice for us right now with, well, maybe not beans and rice, that's eating out and stuff, but that's like our lifestyle without putting money in accounts for investing. So I just did 400,000. That's my mortgage. That's crazy. Divided by $3,000 a month. That's 133 months. So it'd yeah. be 11 years. You yeah. could live off that. That's a left dude. We'd be. So let's say we, let's say we hit that at 35. So I would be 47 years old until I'd be like, okay, I probably need to go get another job. 11 years. That's, ins- that's like that's what I'm saying. Though. like that's the. Power I'm not even of- planning
0: on living that long.
1: <laughs> oh, my God, it's
0: a long time.
1: Yeah, it is a long time. But like, I don't know, dude. So that's what's going through our head right now is like getting that cash built up in the accounts. Yeah, and again, not hopefully not ever having to use it, but if I needed to, I could. And right. you know, and then also real estate. I you know I want to have cash flow coming in from that too. So that's that's a whole other end of the spectrum. If I find another property in 2022. And I'm definitely not hitting 100K in M1. I know that. If what? If I find a real estate property in 2022.
0: Yeah, remember three years ago when you told me you wanted to do that?
1: I do remember that. <laughs> we still haven't got one.
0: Somebody just asked, what's one goal you did not accomplish in 21 that you will in 22? I said, real estate property.
1: Yeah. I hope so. Got to get one. Yep.
0: And a nice summer vacation. I want you guys to come out for like a week in the summer.
1: Lindsay did say we would like to bring the kids up. for
0: like Because you have to come for, so we don't have to rush and like slam a yeah. week into two days like we do every time you come.
1: Yeah. Like we, we probably, need we'd a, probably come for like four days.
0: Just need a day where we could just like, just lay by the pool. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And hang out. All right, man. Yeah. Let's wrap this up, Brad. Anything you
0: want to add before we get out of here?
1: No. Um, As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys who stick around and choose to to listen to us, even though I may question your judgment. Um, We really do appreciate this community and kind of what it has grown into over the past year and a half. It's been an exciting ride. Um, Again, if you guys do want to come out to the Average Money Meetup, come on out. Dubco in New York, Long Island, or whatever the hell you call that. And uh, it'll be fun. Yeah.
0: Dubco. Dubco. I don't remember the
1: address. (laughs) Just look up Dubco, Long Island, New York. I feel like you can find it. It's in
0: Bayshore. It's like one South Chicago Avenue, I think. Bayshore, one, one, whatever.
1: And what's the date?
0: Uh, Saturday the 22nd. We'll do like one to five, and then they're kicking us out of five because you shouldn't drink there for more than four hours.
1: Yeah,
0: no doubt. (laughs) And then... uh, the strip is right there, so we'll hit town, get cool. some dinner, kick it, and then everyone's going to have to Uber their asses out of there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be going night-night with my six cannolis.
0: Clap, clap, night-night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> night-night. Oh, yes. also, real quick. Yeah. Uh, So, bring this up in the intro.
0: Yeah. What else did we talk about in the intro?
1: Uh, Well, hang on. Let me say this. Okay. So, one... If you guys want to find a way to support Average Money, if you enjoy listening to us, if you get value from listening to our episodes, all we ask in return, we don't ask for money. We don't ask for anything like that. What we what would really help Brad and I out is if you guys would leave us a review. And there's two ways you can do this now. Two? You can, yep. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Just go in, and if you want to type something up, that does help. Uh, you don't have to. You can just leave us a five-star review or whatever you, you know, deem to be con- considerable. Don't um, be the first four. Yeah. So uh, that's one way. And then the second way is Spotify.
0: There's a few the on Spotify? Reviews.
1: Yep. I don't know if you can type, but I know you can do the stars.
0: Oh, snap. And I think on Amazon you can, too.
1: Oh, really? So there you go. There's three ways. So Spotify? That,
0: that, that's golden.
1: Yeah. So if you guys have gotten to this point, I mean, I'm serious. Like... I, we don't really. I don't feel like we ask for a lot here, but if that is one thing, if you could just take two minutes to leave us a review, that really does help us. Like, so what that does is Apple Podcasts—they see the more reviews. Uh, we uh, do
0: have reviews now. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's getting so You're that 39. spreads it out to more to more listeners. So it does help us out.
0: It's just a star rating
1: on Spotify. Well, we, have four,
0: we have forty-five star ratings.
1: Oh, nice! Last time I checked, it was like thirty-three. There we go. Cool. Thank you. I didn't
0: even know you could do that. I just did it. My I just gave us a five star.
1: Bro. Let's do a uh or do we want, do we want to do this in the intro or do this now? A wins from the Discord.
0: Yeah, do some yeah uh Yeah, do the wins. Yeah, now? do the wins. Now. Yeah, do the wins. I'll, I'll put it in the I'll put it in the uh, intro, but yeah, talk about it now.
1: So, let's go up here. So guys, we have a Discord. Um you may have heard of ad on this already, but uh the community, the average money community, we have like a little chat room and there's different things we can talk about. We talk about like, you know, with the episodes, when they come out, everybody's in there talking about their thoughts on, you know, some controversial topic Brad and I are debating on or whatever. So everybody gives their two cents. We talk about debt payoff, investing, you know, options, trading, retirement, real estate. You know, what are you drinking? You know, we have different, you know, clubs in there, like the one mile challenge that I quit after 20 days. Not and, 15 days, probably. <laughs> the stocks, you know, we have a stocks, just many different things that we kind of everyone discusses and talks and gives their own opinion or can ask questions. Brad and I are in there usually all throughout every weekday. Um, so if you guys can, if you guys want to join that, there's a link down below in the description, but we added a channel and I think it was Gilly. Uh, yeah, it was shout out to Gilly. So he had, uh, I'll read his win for this episode, and then we'll save some more for future episodes. But what we're going to start doing is trying to uh, read these wins to celebrate and to uh, join in with the community about what our community is doing, you know, financially. Um, so I'm going to read, uh, let's see, I don't see Gilly's in here. What the heck, Gilly? Well, I'll read Brett's. I don't have this plan, so I'm kind of just going off my cuff here. But um, this is pretty long. I may have to summarize this. Just read it. Okay, I'll read it. So, Brett, shout out to Brett K. He says, I forgot about this channel, so reposting this from the open chat. Uh, at the Christmas party last week, I mentioned a 2022 goal for me was $350 in options per month. I ended December with $394.38 in premium. Some plays are closed, expired already, and others have some time left, but it, it's a start anyway. All were cash-cured puts on CCL, uh, H-Y-L, HYL, or Hylian, Tattooed Chef, and SoFi. I have been doing options since last January. Uh, I sold a covered call, earned me some premium. Um, I have slowly experimented and learned more from Brad and JJ through this year and ended this year by achieving a 2022 goal a month early. I can't express how thankful I am and found Brad and JJ and this community. I freaking love it. I won't be able to make the gathering at Dubco because I'm taking the family to Disney World with that premium money he got. Facts. uh, (laughs) That week. But I'm definitely looking forward to 2022 investing and getting to know everyone here even more and sharing our wins and achievements together. Have fun and a safe New Year's everyone. Cheers from Minnesota.
0: Right on, bro. So
1: that is this week's win from our good fellow community member of the Average Money, Discord, Brett. And he made it to the Christmas party.
0: And he, yes, he did. All right, guys. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll catch you next week. We're getting close to episode 100. I think this one's 96, so oh, we'll we'll, play, we'll record 100 when you're here. For sure. All right, guys. Take it easy.